All right, we've been talking about hurdles. Uh, these things, these things are so funny because if you could see them from back here, they're duct taped. What's funny about it is they've been hit. They've been beaten and battered and humans have banged into these things and broken them. And I mean, there's, I'd say there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that have taken place literally on, I thought it was going to break when I touched it. Is it going to? Okay. (laughs) You know what? In reality, the hurdles that you face will crumble when we face them with the Lord. The hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. That's really a great example, a great picture that we have up here because I can tell you that if you were, if you were to have a, a, a run of 10 hurdles in front of you on a track, I don't think you would think you could get through them. These would need to be lowered down to the lowest setting, and then maybe I could jump over them. One. Maybe one. So last week we looked at... Uh, aperture or light exposure. We're afraid of connecting. These hurdles, these are hurdles to life, hurdles to marriage, hurdles to relationship, hurdles to the body of Christ. Why don't we connect? Why don't we push through? Why do we stay right where we are? And I believe it is one of the biggest reasons is because of the hurdles that we're facing. Last week, again, was about us getting exposed us allowing ourselves to be seen, coming out of the dark and into the light, and the pros and the cons that go along with getting light shined into your life. Today, we're talking about one of the major hurdles in connecting is effort. The effort that it takes. Is it worth the effort? I believe that there are so many people that are asleep this morning on Sunday morning not going to church because they don't want to make the effort. It's easier you get in a routine of staying home. What's the point? Why should I turn in my resources and give everything that I've got in order to show up to connect to church? Why? It's not worth the effort. Number one, the cons to effort is we are tired. Anybody here tired? We're tired. Don't get enough rest. We're not getting the right kind of rest. I'm going to I'm going to be I'm a metal here for just a minute. Where is Pete? There he is. Pete has the strangest sleep schedule. He's in at wee hours of the night, gets up and goes to work or goes to school, then he comes home in the middle of the day and is sleeping. And I can't imagine trying to keep up that schedule. I think you you have a pretty weird sleep schedule. Now, we say weird. Weird because it's not my sleep schedule. But we get tired. We're worn out. Anybody here would say, I'm carrying too much. There's too much on me. I can't take another thing. It says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come to me, all, all you who labor and are, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What's that saying? Are you tired? Come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. Come to me. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you 
and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Um, something, an incredible thing continues to happen every Sunday morning in our small group, in Sunday school and small group. And I was telling Jennifer, uh, Jennifer and Cody were standing up here, and I was telling Jennifer, I need somebody else to give, me, give this message because I don't think anybody hears it from me. I'm the pastor, and I've got a hook in it. I'm trying to get you to Sunday school. I must have some reason to try to get you to Sunday school. I'm after you for some reason. The pastor's trying to get me to go to Sunday school. But when it comes from someone else, from a testimony that comes from someone that's getting impacted, and I can tell you, as the pastor, I'm not teaching the class, but I am receiving from that small group every single Sunday morning. And it comes in different packages. It comes in different flavors. I can't see it coming. My wife teaches it, and I don't even know what she's speaking on, but this morning we got incredibly um, to, to some heart matters. And I can see right here just in the things that I'm walking through, today was about empathy and sympathy and um, learning how to deal with emotions that we're walking through. And I can see right here in this scripture that just in me connecting to God's body, I begin to find answers toward rest, toward peace, toward the opposite of anxious, because I'm hearing what each other is going through. This scripture means something to me when, it, when, it, when I apply it to connecting to the body. It, doesn't, it, it also connects to me through my prayer life and through my uh, being spirit-filled, but also connected through, through the Word and how the Word teaches to me. But it is also through relationships as I start to talk about the things that we're walking through. And I hear stories from um, families in our small group that I would not hear in here. Because we're singing and you can't really connect and because I'm preaching and it's really just kind of a one directional receiving right now. But that small group is impacting me week after week after week. And I was telling Jennifer, I said, I know I say it almost every week how great our Sunday school class is, but I don't think anybody hears me. Because nobody comes. We've got a good full class, about 20 people, and it's very impacting. But we need you there. I need your stories. I need your testimony. Because what you've walked through is going to help me get through what I'm going through. And what we're going through is going to help you get what you're going th- get through what you're going through. And there's no hook in it, except that they may aggravate you about what you're eating. I'm going to leave it at that. I got yelled at last week about that whole discussion. So I'm not going to talk about what I eat. But we're too tired. Jeremiah 31, verse 25. For I've satisfied the weary soul, and I've replenished every sorrowful soul. There is something supernatural going to happen when you connect. You won't see it coming. You won't even know where it's coming from. But something supernatural will happen. Because God says when you connect to Him, you receive peace. You receive rest. You receive provision when you connect But our problem is we're too tired that we don't show up. What else are we? We are busy. Anybody here busy? Is your schedule full? We're busy. You know what happens 
when we get stressed out because we're so busy, when we get overloaded, do you know that your health responds to that? Do you know that stress and your health are completely related? You want your health to improve? Take care of this. And I'm telling you where it's going to happen is with you and God. God's going to help you line things up appropriately. Your anxiety level is going to decrease. I can tell you over the last five years, I've had the, the highest anxiety level of my life, and nothing really is that bad. But I've just noticed it wanting to well up in me. And all that, is, all th- all that should do is return me to God. Instead, most of the time, it does just the opposite. You try to take a pill, you try to go run, you try to do anything that you can to get that off of you, and I miss God. I'm not doing it on purpose. I'm not missing God on purpose. No, God, I'm not going to do you. I'm going to do these other things. These other things just get in front of me. And when my anxiety raises up, you know what God's trying to do? He's throwing me a life preserver. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Connect with me. Connect with the body. Again, it's what's happening in that small group. It's what's happening when I go have lunch with another believer is I realize these things I can get through because you've gotten through them. What else? Are we busy? What else are we? We're stressed. We're spread too thin. We're stressed. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. It's funny because we read this this morning in our class. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. I think so many times, now I can tell you I find myself doing this. This morning in the shower I was praying over all of my stuff. Anybody have a laundry list of stuff that you need prayer for? I take a pretty long shower, and the shower is not long enough to deal with how much stuff I need God to fix. But I found myself telling him all this stuff and then realizing, okay, enough of me. Let's talk about you. Turn my heart back to the Lord. He does want me to cast all my stuff on him. He does want me to make my problems known to him. But he also wants just me. He wants my heart. He wants my worship. He wants everything that I have. He wants all my stuff to not be primary. He wants to be primary. And what happens in my prayer life, most of the time, my stuff is primary. God's a sideshow that I'm trying to get him to take care of my stuff. God wants to know what you're going through, but it's not primary. God's primary. Why is he saying cast all your care upon him? Get the stuff you're worried about on him so that you can care about him. Again, when I start to have issues, God's given me a route back to him. Every time I have a problem, it should be a message back to him. Instead, we sit here and we try to handle it all ourselves. And what happens is we keep piling on and keep piling on and keep piling on. It's God saying, don't pile on, pile off, pile off, pile off. Cast all your burdens upon me. Because I care for you. Cast them off. Get them off. Get them off. What are you going through? Get them off. How do you get them off? You sit down with another believer and say, Cody, I'm going through hell. My marriage is going through hell. My life's going through hell and I've got problems. And what happens? All of a sudden, even in just me talking to him, 
a burden lifts. Why? Because I have just exposed that to light. How did that just get exposed to light? Because in him is light. When I sit down with Mark or when I sit down with Carl or when I sit down with Burton or these guys that I know that I can trust with my life, the moment it comes out, it gets put in the light. And God deals with it. But when I hold it and I keep it, it's got nowhere to go except to just make me anxious and worried and stressed. And literally, church, it will kill you. We get busy. We keep piling on. We get stressed. We keep piling on. God keeps saying, no, get it off. Take on my yoke. Let me have your yoke. Take on mine. Mine's easy. Mine's light. I keep saying mine. Jesus is as easy. Jesus is as light. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Do you know what happens when you disconnect? You shut down communication. When you disconnect, you shut down communication and stuff starts to pile up. Have you ever seen that happen with marriage? When you stop communicating, stuff starts piling up. You're not dealing with your frustrations or with your challenges. And they get worse and worse and worse until what happens? You erupt. And usually the eruption is so bad, it's almost hard to recover from it. But if connection remains, you you get these pressure valves to release. The moment Elizabeth and I stop communicating is the moment things start to build and we're in trouble. I can tell you my wife is a great communicator and it's her love language is uh, quality time. It's not mine. So she's trying to connect, and I'm not. I'm not trying to disconnect. I'm just not connecting. And I pay for it. Not because she's bad or that it just, when disconnect happens, bad things happen. We get spread too thin. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. We get pigeonholed with that thinking that's only through prayer. That's not just through prayer. Confess your sins one to another, and he's faithful and just to forgive you of those sins. Part of your getting free is connecting and talking. I don't tell you about me being anxious because I just love to talk about my challenges. I don't like to talk about my challenges. In fact, I would rather hide them. Act like I don't have them. But this is part of my walk with you, is me sharing with you the challenges that I've had. Why? Because I'm exposing them to light. Finally, on the cons, why we don't connect is a Martha complex. A Martha complex. Let's just read this real quick. Liz, if you will, I'm going to let you have it for just a minute. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. 
Now it happened when he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now let's stop for just a second. Who's getting welcomed into the house? I don't want to assume everybody knows what we're talking about. Jesus has been invited into their house. It's the house of Mary and Martha. And Jesus has now just been invited. And now it happened as he went. They entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed Jesus, capital H, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Can you go to the next scripture, please? Who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. I I want you to consider that you may be doing the wrong things. Your busy work, your overloaded schedule may be full of a lot of stuff that you don't need to be doing. Even though you love it, even though it's the favorite part of your day, I can tell you that Martha, being a server, probably loved serving. Except that she missed the good part, serving. Was her cooking a meal for Jesus wrong? Was it bad? No, it's good. I love people that cook good meals. You all should do that. (laughs) But not when Jesus is in the room. I am the chief sinner when it comes to this. Give me a spreadsheet. Give me some type of organizing. Give me some type of technical busy work, and I will do it all day. And I'll feel great about my day. And I will miss what's important. Pastor Matt, pastor prior to me, I, was, I served under him as worship leader, sometimes would take me on jobs within the church. And I would think that what I was doing was so much more important. And he'd go to people's houses and take his shoes off and just stay at their homes for a while and just visit. And I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, please put your shoes back on. (laughs) There were so many things wrong with that. I was Martha. And it did not take the first time. My heart was not good. I went with him. I didn't tell him I hated what we were doing. But God began to turn my heart to say there are more important things than what you think is important. Not that what I was doing wasn't important, but pay attention to what's important. Church, do you hear me? Pay attention to what's important. Ask the Lord. Ask other believers about what it is that you're going through instead of doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. Does anybody remember that definition? Insanity. Thank you. But yet we continue to go the same way and look for God to show up. And God said, no, no, no. Change what you're doing. Martha, get in here with me. Connect. Connect to my word. Connect to my spirit. Church on the hill, connect to the body. 
it is for your benefit. It is to give you rest. We overwork in the wrong areas and we reject the right areas. You think what's important is more important than what's important. Let that sink in for just a second. You think what's important is more important than what's important. Y'all are going to laugh at me. That's my quote. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm kind of lost reading it. Yeah, it's probably because it's my quote. But you think what's important is more important than what's important. You've bought in to what you're doing, and you can justify it. So much so that even though you know what over here is good, you talk yourself into doing what you've always done. And you miss it. Many of you that are here today can give me a lot of reasons why you don't connect. What, what would Jesus say? Do you even consider what Jesus would say to your schedule? Consider. Church, I am the chief sinner. This is me. I am preaching to you from where I'm coming from. Because I think that what I'm doing is the most important thing. And most of the time, God thinks differently. So the pros, what happens if we turn this thing around? Good steward. Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. I'm going to wrap things up. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we will not give up. You know what happens uh, every first of the year? Everybody likes to get on a uh, New Year's resolution to work out or to diet or whatever. And it's good. You need to exercise. You need to eat better. We all do. But what happens is we go out that first day to work out, and instead of just trying to run a quarter of a mile or a half a mile, we go out and we run 10 miles. And what's funny is you can, you can do it. You can go out and really over-exercise because your, your body's not looking for it. It's not sore. It feels pretty good. And you go out and you run two or three miles, and you about kill over at the moment. Then you get up the next morning, and you feel like complete death. And you don't go back. Start small. Start small. If you were to come to me and say, hey, pastor, I want to start running. I'm a little bit overweight. haven't ran in years. I want to start running. What you'd want to do is get with somebody else that runs and let them help you get going. That's why we get in a Sunday school class and say, man, I'm thinking about jumping off the cliff. What do you think about that? Uh, no, don't. There's steps. There's steps over here. Let me go with you. Let me go run with you. Justin and I have ran a few times together. I've, ran, I've run with a few of you in here. And I'll always say, however much you want to run, I'll do that with you. Well, what do you run? Well, I'm going to run seven miles today. Okay, well, I'll run seven. No, you won't. Because you'll never run with me again. Let's go run one. Let's enjoy it. And then tomorrow, let's go run one again. And then the next day, let's go run one again. And then the next day, let's go run one again. And then next week, we'll... Add it. Add a little bit to it. What's your goal? Where are you going? Okay, then I'm going to help you get to that goal. 
You come into to Sunday school and your marriage is falling apart. And I know there's some of you in here because you've met with me. And we can't fix it overnight. Don't try to fix it. Let's go one step. One step. Go one step. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Matthew 13, 23, but he who received seed on the good ground was he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirtyfold. The problem is we've got to get working with the right seed. What's another pro about getting connected is if you're overloaded, you get to unload. You get to unload. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Lay aside weights. I'm going to give you the example again of running. If you show up with, the, with all this gear on to run, I'm going to start talking to you about, hey, leave this, leave that, don't take this, don't take that. I'm going to get very, I'm going to probably get a little bit too personal. But if you're not careful, men, you will get nipple chafing. And it's enough to make you not run. It hurts. And that's why you get with somebody else that runs. So that you can overcome. Because I've, I've ran enough to be able to say, this is a few of the things that's going to ha- happen. You're going to hurt right here inside in your knees. Just ice it. Take a couple days off, run again. You're going to get a little bit of stuff. Put Band-Aids on or put Vaseline on. Sorry, it works. And you don't ache as much. Get the weights off. You won't know what weights you have until you get connected, from, disconnected from God and from the body. You don't even know that you've, you're carrying these weights. People come in with marriage counseling, and as I start to unravel the things they're going through, they've got all these weights on them. Hey, get this weight off. Get this weight off. Get this weight off. Let's just get rid of these weights first, and then we'll start dealing with the roots of of our problems. But until you get these weights off, can you imagine running with a backpack of 50 pounds? But the church body's here to say, hey, we can take this off, and you can still run. Get the weights off. Get the weights off. Priorities and boundaries. You've got to learn to set them. Setting boundaries means being able to say no to the wrong thing means you can say yes to the right thing. Did you hear me? Having the right priorities, saying no to the wrong things so that you can say yes to the right things. You're so busy that you can't say yes to when God's trying to call you to do something because you've got too many other things. Learning to say no. And finally, you need help. Finally, you need help. And when you connect to the body, you get help. When you connect to God and His Word and His Spirit, you get help. Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. You know, I need someone. (laughs) 
That's what God's body is here for, is for help. How many of you have had the church show up or call you or reach out right when you needed it? The Word says He is our very present help in time of need. How many times has that been the body, and you've not even put those two things together? When you connect, you get help. Because two are better than one. And because they, plural, have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily or quickly broken. Get connected. When we go out here to have a little snack, connect to someone. If you remember Brandon, meet that friend. Buy in. Set goals. Set a course. Go somewhere. Get the weights off. Connect to the Word. Connect to the Spirit. Connect to the body of Christ. Get connected. Our small group, young family small group, is a great way to get connected. We've got other classes, Burton and Cindy's class. We've got Wednesday night small groups. But the best connection to me is individual connections. The most I've ever received has has usually been one-on-one or two or three. Small groups are great. Small groups are a way to get connected down to, to real friendships. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up with me and let me dismiss you. If y'all will just bow your heads with me, I want you to think about, are you busy? Are you too busy? Do you ask yourself regularly, is this worth the effort? I want you to know that when we connect according to God's word, God provides. God supplies your needs according to his riches. But that supply chain gets cut off when you get disconnected. You just ask the Lord, how do I connect? And I don't want to be caught carrying my yoke I want to be caught yoked with Jesus so that I don't have a house, household where I bring stress and frustration and anxiety because I want you to know it's contagious. But I want rest for my soul and I want rest for my family. I want to be connected to my family. I want to be connected to God's family. I want to be connected to the Lord. And I want to recognize what's important and not waste my time with what's not important. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, as your word tells us, that you will lead us and guide us into all truth. Those that are hearing me today would hear the voice of the Lord speaking truth to our hearts that we could lay aside every weight, everything that hinders, and run the race that you have called us to run. And Lord, that includes being connected to your word, to your spirit, to your body. 
Help us, Lord. Push through. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.